Hey guys, it's Amanda and Baron back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. Our second sponsor for this whole second half is Marion McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. Uh, if you guys are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not really sure where to start, give her a call at 503 409 4389. Again, that's 503 409 4389. And remember, you guys, she is currently going through her own battle with breast cancer. So make sure to continue to keep her in your prayers. We know that power is behind prayers. So Amen. keep praying for her. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Amen. Well, we kind of left off the last part with a, a, a story teaser. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going to back to you way back to 2019. I had gotten involved with the volcanoes and cancer awareness weekend. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, do you know any survivors? Like, throw the first pitch out. Hmm. One of the members of our board of directors was Dr. Isaacson, mm-hmm. who has been yep. in here as a guest. Yes. And and he says, I can't tell you how I know this, but <laughs> you might want to reach out to Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't remember if I emailed Linda or Nolan, but we got them connected. The first time I met Nolan was at that game where you threw the first pitch out. Right. Um, and then over time, just knowing more and more of Nolan's story. But at the end of 2019, KSLM was over at Safeway doing the food drive the always do. Yeah, our Super Saturday Market. Yeah. yeah. Was, and and Nolan awesome. and Linda came over together. Oh, okay. And I looked at Linda and I said, so what was it like being the parent <laughs> of a kid going through cancer? Yeah. Mm. So that's why I thought it would be great for you guys to be here to share that you know, not just Nolan's story, but there's mm-hmm. a there's a whole much bigger picture of that story. During those times of you and I talking, I remember asking to asking you about a really bad event that yeah. phone call. Can you share that yeah. story that that yeah, phone call you sure. got? So earlier, when you said people listening to you know doctors and health other systems and all that, and I said parents. And yeah. I, During our and and on cord conversation. So after this intensification period was over, which was about six months long, and it was that was lost the hair, high high dose steroids. His face was round like a pumpkin. His stomach was distended, and just it it was so hard on him. Mouth sores, all this. So anyway, uh, their blood counts go way way down after this treatment because the the drugs are in there killing everything. And you need hemoglobin for, it's what carries the oxygen in your red blood cells. So unfortunately, even though leukemia is a disease of the white cells, um, the treatment knocks out all your blood cells. So you had to get uh, your counts done often. So no one was particularly pale one day and called the doctor and said, he really needs a blood test. And they said, well, you just had one two days ago. And I said... He really needs a blood test. I want him to have a blood test. Mm-hmm. And so. And how old is he now? He'd be three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. moms always know. Mm-hmm. That's moms what I want to say. Yeah. Trust your instincts. Always. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because you can be in, feel very intimidated. You can. Yeah. But mm-hmm. fear does something <laughs> for parents. It gets, gets you moving. So. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we went over to Salem Hospital. They had a clinic there called Shapes, and they took his blood draw, and we went back to the house. And a little while later, like an hour later, um, the nurse from Shapes calls me and says, you need to bring Nolan back in because we had a bad draw. And I said, what are his counts? And she said, well, these, these don't count. We had a bad draw because... He really couldn't be surviving on this blood count. And I said, 
tell me what the blood count, you know, what is his hemoglobin? And she said, well, I have to technically give that to the doctor, and then the doctor has to call you. And I said something like, give me. You're a little forceful. (laughs) Now. I used a bad word. And I was just, so she said, well, his hemoglobin is three. And I said, yes. Now, now. Putting that in perspective, mm-hmm. 10 is a nice, healthy number. Yes. When you go to get your blood draws, and you mm-hmm. can look at this yourself. When you get a blood draw, if mm-hmm. it's 8, they start getting worried. Mm-hmm. If it's below 8, they definitely get worried. Okay. So, like so if you're, 3's, if, if like, if how are you If your blood draw is 7, they're going to go, you're, you're in bad shape. His was 3. three. three. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's way below a healthy yeah. number. Okay. Which is... He could have been in a coma, technically, yeah. which is why the nurse thought it was a bad draw. And I said, call Dornbecker's immediately, tell him we are on the way up. Yeah, we're not coming back there. We're right, going exactly. Yep. And we got in that minivan, the whole family, and I don't know how we didn't get a speeding ticket. We got up there so fast. And, uh, Angels were guiding you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah the, did you tell me he blacked out on that right up? Yeah, he was yeah. passing out. He was passing out. That's there's terrifying. Because no oxygen getting to his brain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, boy, and you're thinking permanent brain damage, all those things that you hear. So the doctor mm-hmm. was waiting for us when we got there, and he looked at Nolan, and he said, you look like a ghost, Nolan. <laughs> and we had him in a wagon because he couldn't move. And they, you know, you have to wait for your uh, transfusions, but they had already started the process, and they got that blood in him quickly. Mm-hmm. And we were in the hospital for a few days, and it was... When it was up to like five or six, he felt great. Mm. He was, you know, ready to go again. But boy, as a parent, you really have to watch everything because people make mistakes and yeah. it happens. And I, I was thankful that the doctors were good to us and listened when I asked for that blood work. Well, and I've met your husband, so between you and your husband, <laughs> it was probably a little forcefulness. Because <laughs> I have met your we're husband. Assertive. So. <laughs> assertive. There you go. Assertive. <laughs> Yeah, we had some incidents in the hospital where your dad got assertive. <laughs> well, when it comes yeah. to your child, it's like nobody's getting in my way. Exactly. Nobody. It is definitely how God built us. So, mm-hmm. for sure. you, you mentioned something in the first half, and it's a drug we've talked about before called doxorubicin. Mm, the red devil. The red oh, devil. That's oh. cool. Remember us talking yeah, about the red devil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first I heard about the red devil was when D.Z. Smith was in here with us. Mm-hmm. Her, her son, at 27, got bone cancer up in Spokane. Mm. And they put him on doxorubicin. I'd never heard of this thing. Uh. So I did some research, and there's a reason they call it the red devil. Yeah. But you just told me they gave the, this red devil to your four-year-old, three-year-old? Yep. So the red devil, just clarification, it's red in color. Mm-hmm. But it, Nolan, tell them, this is what the I, nurses told I, us. I knew them all as something like kid-related. So that one to me was Kool-Aid. And there was like the sleepy milk, which was the propothal. So they, they called doctors saying Kool-Aid. I did. Oh, you yeah. did. You <laughs> did. Okay, okay. Well, okay. they do call it Kool-Aid because it looks like Kool-Aid. Probably better That's... than call it, telling me it's the devil. Right. Yeah, don't yeah. call it. <laughs> to not scare the kids yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Here comes absolutely. The devil. Do, you, yeah. do you have any memories of what doctors did to you? No, I, it kind of all blends together. I do remember the propothal, but that's an immediate response reaction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just I just remember seeing it on the pole. Like I do have little glimpses and images of you know it being there versus it not being there, and right. kind of just being aware that that's a big one. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, Doxorubicin is designed to kill everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's right. Like, it's like an atomic bomb inside your yes. system. Yeah, yeah. Basically, and it's, so it's brutal. T- 
toxic to others as well. Um, you, we had to, anytime Nolan used the bathroom, we had to flush the toilet twice. Oh, wow. Because it can do damage to the pipes. Oh, my mm. goodness. And you also, you don't want to touch any of that person's bodily fluids in any way mm -hmm. when they're being treated for it. I'm thinking, if I can't touch it with my fingers and it's inside his veins. My little three-year-old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's a love-hate relationship with that. Yeah. Because they're telling you that this is going to save your child's life. But it, the second bout of cancer in teen years, it almost killed them. Wow. Well, why don't we just take the opportunity to jump to those second? So part one of Nolan's story, he right. doesn't remember much. But right. part mm -hmm. two, I think you remember a lot more. Yeah. Part two, you were how old? Just about to turn 13. Okay, so, so so what was the indicator? So the first time was you were you were stumbling, falling, that's what your mom said. Yeah. What was the indicators was a problem when you were 12 or 13 years old? So it didn't, it was a little bit different route on that one. Um, you know, they, they're in middle school, they're starting to teach you about, like, you know, the sexual education and stuff and self-exam health, you know, monitoring. And and so somewhere along the line, I don't know, I'm, I'm realizing that... Um, and the testicles, one of them feels different than the other. And one of them, you know, hurts a little more than the other. And, you know, after a while, that's not really something you want to go communicating to people at first. But after a while, it's like, okay, then, no, this is not right. Yeah. Um, and I probably told Dad. I'm not sure. Uh, but well, it's so, probably, probably not a conversation that a 12 or 13-year-old boy wants to have with anybody. Yeah. 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 And so we go in, um, and eventually they're like, yeah, this isn't normal. Like, this isn't right. We're... Well, can I interrupt? Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but we had taken him to a local pediatrician four times because of his pain. And they said it was normal during adolescence and that it's not unusual for one to be different. And we were like, he had leukemia. He had ALL. And we are out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Back to that and on cord, yeah. right? And on the, the teaser, like... Like, Previously on, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and I think the real key here, we, you know, last week for the listeners, I'm like, you guys are the 101st and 102nd podcast for this show. Oh, cool. and Great. in those hundred podcasts, there's been a very common theme: don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100 be percent. <laughs> yeah, because that doctor said, "Oh, it's just normal growing," mm -hmm. but you had the instinct to go, "No, it's not." Right. Mm -hmm. And you're not right. listening to the words I'm saying. Exactly. I'm saying they had leukemia. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so something didn't seem right. So then what happened? So eventually, um, I think the urologist or something is like, we're just going to have to take this out. Like, we're not 100% sure that it's bad, but it looks bad and it's probably bad. Um, and we need to do this, like, right now um, before it gets any worse or spreads. And they amputate it and um, biopsy it and... It was cancerous again, but it had already gotten out at that point. So the leukemia, it's really weird. It's a very, very strange little story. Uh, but basically, somehow or another, cells had hit out dormant there for the seven-year interval since I, you know, was declared cured around five. They, they were still in there. They couldn't be found. They weren't coming out. They weren't active, mm -hmm. but they were alive. Mm. Right. And the theory is basically that around that age, as you hit adolescence, all the hormones kick in, you know, everything starts resting up somehow or another it juiced them up too you know and woke them up and they are like all right back to work and spread out you know like um and so 
I don't know if that actually counts as testicular cancer or no, not. I not. think it's just leukemia located there. Right. Um, but so, and I, and I think that you know, Marianne, who sponsors this half of the show, mm-hmm. she told me that her cancer came back in her bones, and I said, how'd they know that it was breast cancer in your bones mm-hmm. versus bone cancer, right? So mm-hmm. just like right. you, it wasn't testicular cancer. Yeah. It was blood cancer hiding the testicles. Right. Mm-hmm. And was, they couldn't tell. It Go. was actually the exact same cell that he had when he was two and a half. Oh, wow. From their data. So it was this cancer, the two and a half year old cancer, hiding out in the testicle, why they call it a sanctuary site. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they don't consider it a second cancer. They just consider it a reoccurring. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember at one point, Nolan, you told me that when they knew it came back, then they brought out the big guns. Yeah. So what does that mean? What is Linda's rolling her eyes? So the listeners cannot see this. Linda's rolling her eyes. So what does that mean, the big guns? So like my mom said, since it was the same one and it had proven so resilient, um, they treat it as an extra, you know, dangerous cancer. So they amp up the treatment. They they come at it basically a lot more aggressively because if it's showing aggression, they meet the aggression. Right. Um, I mean, you could compare it to like World War One and Two, where it's like World War Two, they finished, finished the job, everything came out and was on the table versus right. World War One, they kind of were willing to settle for the end of it. Right. You know, like, well, so it's like that in a way. And they, uh, yeah, there was there, they would pretty much push and push and push till the farthest extent they could get away with without killing you. And then, Jeez. you know, like, wind it back a bit, let you recover and then do it again. I mean, there's just like, there was no comfort zone left. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you a second. So you just said, and now you're old enough to remember, you're 12, yeah. 13. Yeah. So they pushed you till they almost kill you. Yeah. Then allow the cell to, am I hearing you correctly? Yeah. So, <laughs> they almost kill you to kill the cancer. Yeah. Thank goodness you're 30 years old here with us now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they um, basically they they are trying to flush anything that's trying to hide out, you know. So there there's other things going on, like they're trying to deprive it of food in the in the you know legs with intermuscular shots, or they're trying to you know kill it wherever it can hide out. But mostly they're just uh, trying to draw it out, get it to come into the bloodstream, and then they drop the nuke on it, you know, and kill everything that's accessible to be killed, and then. They, uh, hemoglobin drops, you know, you get really, 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 really low numbers again, and then they hook you up to a transfusion, kind of bring your numbers up, let you recover a bit, and that then they then they kill all that, you that'd know. That'd be brutal on your system going through yeah. that. Yeah, yep. probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and on mom yep. and dad watching so, also. Yeah, there are times where I would just look at him and his mouth would be bleeding and he was just, just clinging, and I think is this really worth it isn't that yeah. a terrible thought but no yeah suffering. like is, is it worth it to just take them off and enjoy right. the time that we have yeah just to watch it yeah the Those suffering was so intense and it just went on and on felt like it was never going to end but so but it did end it mm-hmm. did and so, it was worth it yeah. <laughs> yes. what was what was the tipping point because you tell me it's like a roller coaster like they give you the and then they give you the worst on the rubber mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Where did that roller coaster ride end? Do you know? Like, I, I don't know the answer to that one. Do you, um, do you know what they did, Linda, that actually made this thing finally go away? Or they just they stopped it? giving him any treatment. They did this intensification, and he was in isolation for mm. almost three weeks. Isolation. Uh, <laughs> memories are coming back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. and I just want to. Yeah, 
we had some, you know, <laughs> hard to believe, but we did have some good days in isolation. Yeah. And we just, you had such a support system and people were bringing things up, you know, things for him to do or video games or card games. We watched, I don't know how many movies, mm-hmm. but the only thing that he was taking in orally was cherry slushies. So <laughs> I would, there was a 7-Eleven down the street from Dornbecker and I I just walked down there, I don't know, three times a day to get one because it was the only thing he wanted. Yeah. Sure. And so that was gave him a little bit of comfort. So you do it. And then just, you just recover. They stopped the, the, all medications after this big nuke going mm-hmm. on. And it's a long process. You just have to wait for those blood counts to go back up. Yeah. It takes a very long time. So and another part. So this is part two of Nolan's story. Mm-hmm. But it just it just dawned on me. You just had your thirtieth birthday, yeah. And you're basically clear at fifteen years old, right? So you have now been cancer free mm-hmm. as long as you dealt with this thing. Congratulations oh, wow. yeah. to you. Is, yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good, big number. But I think phase three was something that you mentioned, and then Lynn was telling a little bit about this earlier. You became part of an adult study group, right? Yeah. Um. And if correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think I actually started with the epituzumab. Was that oh, the we, first part? Was that the study you're yes. talking about? Oh, so, after no, the study to see the te- the side effects afterwards, right? Well, I know. I know. One of the things you mentioned to me, Nolan, was that because when I met you, yeah. I think you were like twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah. And you were part of an adult study group to see the long term oh, effects. Oh, right, right. Yeah. What are the mm-hmm. long term effects of, oh, of hitting these kids <laughs> with chemotherapy? Right. Yeah. And, and, and one of the long term effects for you was. That you kind of have the skeletal system of a seventy-year-old man because mm. as the bones are growing, they're getting with chemo. But what else is in that study, Linda? Well, he's been in quite a few studies because uh, his relapse was so unusual and so rare. It was you had more of a chance of winning the lottery than having oh, wow. his particular relapse. I really try it. That so, I'm going to come by your ticket right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> wow. Ooh, go us. Wow. So he was very, they were all very interested in him. And there were, there was a study drug being done called epituzumab. And you had to have this particular relapse to qualify for that study. So they asked us if we would want to do that. And, it, and you have to take that drug before you start the traditional chemotherapy. And Nolan was got to decide and you did mm-hmm. and it, it was a terrible experience he was the <laughs> he was the ninth person in the country to receive it oh wow, wow. the ninth human was it a pretty brutal drug to take it was a young drug and uh so in its perfect form it was a smart drug it would have only targeted right. cancer cells it would have been you know the best of them but it was so young and the side effects were basically unknown that they well i think they knew this the allergic reaction was going to happen because it seemed to happen to everybody okay. and i'm not really allergic to anything uh, for the most part especially like that but they're in the room you know with their notebooks and their knit clip you know a bunch room full of scientists and doctors and stuff i got like my main main nurse there you know with like her file of uh and a drill ready to go and dem roll but um and because it, it would trigger an allergic reaction like immediately as soon as they oh, put wow. it in you know and just like anything you know throat closes you know things mm-hmm. swell up seizures seiz- yeah and they're and I'm starting to like it's getting harder to breathe and I'm starting to panic a bit and I'm looking at the doctors and they're just kind of scribbling notes I'm like and I look at the nurse and she her eyes are usually pretty big and she's like it's okay it's okay you know yeah. but, uh, and so I kind of 
you know, dressed in that. But yeah, eventually after, I don't know what the line was where they drew the line, but at some point they inject the Benadryl and stuff and it all goes away, put the Demerol in, and then it's just kind of cruising. But we did that for six weeks or mm -hmm. months? Six oh, weeks. Wow. Six weeks. And it kept the level steady, but it didn't really, wasn't going to take it away. And so after that, it was into the regular, regular treatment. But, um, so there's a there's a story I want to get into more in a future episode because we don't have time to really dive into this, Amanda. But um, I came across a very interesting documentary and I shared it with Linda. Mm -hmm. okay. There is a, a Polish doctor in 1967 mm -hmm. who discovered that healthy people, uh, that people with cancer were missing this one peptide that healthy people have. Okay. And he said, well, I get that peptide into people with cancer, then maybe the cancer would go away. Mm -hmm. So that was his theory when he was like 20-something years old. By the early 70s, he had proven his theory true. Okay. And in the late 70s, he opened a clinic in Texas. For the last mm -hmm. 45 years, he has been curing cancer oh, wow. by, by yeah. getting this peptide in people's systems. Mm -hmm. He's used it in people that have been given a few months yeah, to now. The example in the documentary, and the example in the documentary is a, a police officer who in 97, so that was already 25 years ago, right. his daughter had gotten brain cancer, they had hit her with chemo and radiation, they didn't do any good, they said, I'm sorry, your daughter has months to live. Jeez. He heard about Brzezinski, he contacted Brzezinski, and his daughter's brain cancer went away. That's crazy, isn't it? So my question to Linda was, there's no perfect answer, but you didn't even know this was an option. No, 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 no. And if there was something that you could have injected into Nolan to get that peptide into his bloodstream, it would have been a whole lot better than that doxorubicin. Oh, I pray that that day comes. I pray that day comes because it's, I mean, we've been treating childhood cancer and leukemia, well, leukemia especially, the same way now for 30 years. And they're doing the best they can. And I was telling Baron, you know, if you want to be part of a research study, um, I tried to go down the wormhole online and see how difficult it would be to find alternative treatments. And I couldn't get anywhere. I just, yeah. kept, it just, I just kept hitting roadblocks. If you, you know, contact us and then you, they want all your information, but you can't read about the study at all. So you could this for that and contact us if you want to know more. It was it was really I don't know what Defeating. how people do it. I'm sure it's done, but yeah. don't know what what other treatments are. A lot of families use um, alternative treatment with the traditional chemotherapy and radiation. And they have a lot of success. I have seen a lot of success stories with that. So one of our goals with this show has always been just to get the information out there. Yeah. That there's, mm -hmm. there's there's other things that you didn't even know about, and you know, make your own decisions. But you can't make a decision if right. you don't know all the options. You mm -hmm. want to know. You want that information. Yeah. Like with the epituzumab, we were thinking, well, is there anything else? You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Get to try this smart chemo, but didn't work. Yeah. And what else can we do? And I was going through paperwork, and I. I found these are your choices you can participate in this study and for treatment or you can go to the traditional chemotherapy route <laughs> it's literally listed one and two. Oh my goodness <laughs> well in our in our last minute or so garrett and megan van cleave are the parents of this little three-year-old who's currently our go team she's right. our current yeah. what would you say to those parents hang in there it gets better i promise i promise it gets better and in their tough days you're going to have some really tough days 
keep the faith with it. Do the best you can. We made the best. Keep your sense of humor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes you just got to laugh. Yeah. You just have to. And a support system is Huge. essential. People don't know how to help. So tell them. Tell them exactly what you need. And, mm -hmm. and I found people to really help. And also, people are going to say some things that you don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. And just ignore it. Yep. Because they're just trying to find answers. What know. would you say, Nolan? What would you say to them? Add say, prayer. Thank you. Add, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of it. I'd say, uh, especially at three, like I said before, that's probably the most resilient age we're ever going to be in our entire lives, yeah. you know. And as a three, they're, they're not aware of the fear that, that we, we have as adults, you know. I almost think the families have got the harder role at that point, you know. They don't know. It, and it is worth it, you know. It, it'll Whatever it is, it is worth it, you know. Fifteen years after you know like i'm still looking back doing these shows but i'm glad i did it you know mm -hmm. glad, glad that was there in whatever form it was and right. glad it you know was an option at all and yeah it gets better it is worth it there's a lot 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 more to come well and we just appreciate you guys being here and sharing that yeah. story very much so thank you both thank for coming you. in thank you for having us absolutely thank you for your work so a huge shout out to our last sponsor marianne mcnally she was a residential real estate specialist with next home realty connection she can be contacted at 503-409-4389 for any questions on buying or selling a home and then continue to please keep her in your prayers as well. And we'll be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.